NFTs or non-fungible tokens have applications beyond crypto art and blockchain games. They can also be used in B2B transactions in, say, licensing or invoicing. To help us better understand NFTs, Marissa True, Marketing Manager of TZ APAC, a Singapore-based blockchain consultancy firm, speaks with Business World reporter Michelle Anpi Suleiman about the potential of NFTs as a tool for conducting business, an investment instrument, or a revenue stream. What are NFTs and what makes investing on digital assets attractive recently? NFTs stand for non-fungible tokens. They are used to represent a unique asset that's represented on a blockchain. It is one of a kind. It has its own value. So it can be bought, it can be traded and sold, but it can never be replaced. So they're often used to represent digital ownership over things like art, music, collectibles like trading cards, and all of those now exist digitally. Their value comes from its scarcity. So it's about generating demand over limited supply, how much people want to own the original. So for example, how much the original Mona Lisa is worth in the physical world versus a poster of it, the difference there in terms of the original versus the copy. The demand for NFTs actually reached its peak in May. It was spurred by celebrities, sports icons, and galleries who were hosting a lot of auctions around unique digital items. Uh, and this also kind of bolstered the creator economy because it reached a wider audiences. It granted digital artists and creators a better platform to showcase their work and the value that was driven there, which boosted sales. And that's where a lot of the investment sort of poured in from. How and when did the NFT rise gain popularity in the Asia-Pacific region compared to the Western countries? Asia saw a very interesting boom. I think when it came to the Western world, we saw a lot of activity in high-value ecosystems like auction houses like Christie's, NBA Topshot, basically fields with a lot of capital flow, so a lot of money being circulated, and we're talking about transactions that are in the millions when it came to the rise of NFTs and APAC, I think it was more on a smaller slash micro scale. It was particularly prominent in the art scene in Asia as digital creators use it as a way to embrace technology to showcase their work, as I mentioned earlier. So for example, TZ APAC, our company, we recently supported a hybrid art fair called Art Moments Jakarta where it featured a lot of up and coming digital artists. Uh, they ran educational workshops and panels focused on blockchain and art and what it could mean for the future of artists, as well as hosting an NFT fundraiser. For the Philippines specifically, there was the Art Fair Philippines, which included a component focused on educating creators and collectors on how to engage with NFTs. And it sort of demonstrated that this appetite is region wide. The underlying blockchain technology behind NFTs were basically enabling the discovery of talented artists by granting them this platform to showcase their work to a global audience. And so as that was embraced, we saw artists making a little bit more money for their work, being better able to generate sales, generate their audiences, and largely for digital artists who were traditionally making their money off of commissions were now earning higher incomes just based on their original work. So artists in Asia are embracing NFTs as a way to monetize, as a way to build their fan base and their community, as well as to boost creative economies in the region. 
Moving on to uh, the topic of NFTs and artists, are majority of the NFTs minted in the blockchain artworks? The beauty about NFTs is that they can actually take on any form. So whether it's visual art, there was a rise in GIFs in particular. And also what we're seeing is a lot of musicians are using NFTs to basically demonstrate digital ownership over their music. So it helps with things like the royalties earned whenever their music is used in, say, a film or another platform. Uh, and beyond music, it's also digital collectibles like trading cards. So it goes beyond just visual arts. Regarding the value of NFTs, a lot of the news delves mostly on the value from how much an NFT is sold, as such the 69 million NFT of uh, people. Mm -hmm. But it kind of gives this idea that it's of high value and it gives you easy way to earn revenue. Can you shed some light on that? Essentially, what we're looking at is a reflection of the art world in a digital realm, right? So in the way that we have kind of the high-end galleries that are putting up the Mona Lisa or other major renowned artists, the value that's driven there and the amount of money that those sorts of pieces generate because of how renowned the artists are, are vastly different from other creators that exist online who are perhaps of less prominence. But that's not to say that the earning potential or the way to kind of generate business through a similar means isn't there. So I think there's a... I guess in a way, a myth to discard that everyone who's engaging in NFTs is going to be a millionaire. What NFTs have created as a technology is a new form of economy that exists digitally, but that's going to have the same sort of scale in terms of much smaller transactions where people are selling short animations for say five US dollars a piece all the way up to something like 69 million for the Beeple piece. What makes NFT art and how is it an opportunity for artists to um, join the metaverse. So again, the beauty of blockchain and engaging with the metaverse is that all you really require is an internet connection. So what's wonderful is that the barrier to entry is lower than people might expect. It's sort of democratized access to these opportunities online. In engaging with these new online communities within, you know, say the metaverse, for example, Artists, creators, even gamers can reach new audiences. They're connecting with online communities. They're building a portfolio. They're even building, you know, frankly, things like friendship connections. The beauty of something like blockchain is that while some people regard NFTs as a form of investment strategy because, say, it's transparency, it's decentralized, it's also largely down to its inclusivity. So, for example, consumer behaviors seem to show that people are embracing NFTs beyond the art space, very much in the gaming realm. Uh, in the Philippines in particular, the largest use case for NFTs is actually in gaming. And again, this is largely because there's a low barrier to entry, there's high online or mobile penetration, and there's an entertainment value proposition that really attracts people to want to engage. How would you differentiate proof of work versus proof of stake? Proof of work and proof of stake ultimately reflect the way a blockchain is designed. So proof of work blockchains are the more traditionally known ones like Bitcoin and Ethereum. So what they require are massive amounts of computing power because the way they process transactions are by validating and solving complex algorithmic puzzles, which requires a strong computer network. 
that's where we can't see the conversation of high energy consumption coming in and the sustainability conversation around blockchain. Proof of stake is regarded as the greener option because it relies on the amount of value users stake to the network to do the same kind of transactions. For example, Tezos is based on the proof of stake consensus mechanism and just by relative scale, it consumes, as some estimates put it, 2 million times less energy than Ethereum to conduct the same kinds of transactions. So the common comparison that we draw is that if the carbon footprint of creating an NFT on Ethereum is the size of a polar bear, the Tezos footprint equivalent would be the size of a snowflake on its snout, just to show the relative scale of how much energy is being consumed and the difference in the different kind of blockchains and consensus mechanisms. How is Tezos working on to being more energy efficient blockchain? Tezos naturally is sustainable like by design. It operates on a liquid proof of stake mechanism, which again relies on how much value is staked to the network in order to secure it and to conduct transactions. Basically, it's also self-amending and it's upgradable. It doesn't require any hard forks and therefore every single time the blockchain undergoes a vote to bring in new changes. That typically revolves around reducing transaction fees or gas costs, which make it more economical for people to get involved. And it also boosts the energy efficiency of the blockchain overall. So more transactions can be conducted within, say, for example, a single block, which make it faster and more seamless to run. How confident is the industry in making the NFT and cryptocurrency and as such, uh, a secure way of investing? The investment proposition, I think, largely comes down to human behavior overall. So blockchains, by their very nature, are secured networks. The entire principle behind them is to make them as secure as possible. The NFT discussion about whether it's considered a future asset class is largely down to how much sentiment and how much value people see in owning a digital asset over a physical asset. That concept may be considered quite foreign to some just because, frankly, it is an emerging technology. It does get some taking used to. But what we are seeing is that people are having a new sort of emotional experience even. And it might be extreme version of expression, but there is a feeling that's associated with owning something that's unique, that's one of a kind in a digital realm. And that's very new to people. How that continues on in the future is yet to be seen, but I think it's tapped into a very new consumer or investor behavior. Beyond that, NFTs actually have utility far beyond being a digital asset. We actually see that there's a large enterprise use case that's being developed. So for example, we're seeing NFTs as a way to demonstrate licensing for supply chain management, for invoicing. There's a lot of actual B2B use cases that NFTs are able to provide well beyond, you know, the creator economy, the digital space in terms of music, art, and collectibles. Can you shed some light and clarify in terms of ownership of a digital asset? What are the limitations to saying that you are an owner of a digital asset? One common rebuttal against NFTs is that it doesn't actually stop people from being able to use 
copies of a GIF elsewhere that you can reuse the same thing on the internet. But the value again is derived from owning the original. So in the same way to draw a parallel with the physical world is I can send you 5,000 copies of the Mona Lisa, but those are not going to yield the same value as the Louvre that owns the Mona Lisa itself. Recently, the Basel Committee on Banking Supervision, or the BCBS, released a statement regarding the regulation of cryptocurrency in international and central banks. Would that in any way affect the industry of uh, blockchains? I think there's a couple of ways of looking at this. The first and most important thing to understand is that there is a distinction between the cryptocurrency, which is simply the currency that exists on these blockchains and the technology itself and what the technology enables. Yes, there's a lot of discussion and speculation around what regulations might look like and how this is going to impact the crypto space with particular regard to the value of particular cryptocurrencies. When it comes to the online activity and the community engagement that we're seeing, I frankly think it'll be very difficult to stop this moving train, not on the basis of illegality, but on the basis that it is an open platform. Anyone can engage. There's no barrier to entry whatsoever. And so it's going to take a very bizarre and complex set of regulations to be able to slow down the momentum of people engaging with blockchain technology. For those who uh, want to get into investing on digital assets and for those who wish to understand it, how would you explain it to them in a way that they would understand and hopefully get along with investing in it? So this is something where I think it requires everyone's individual investment outlook. And as with any kind of investment, it's where you personally see value creation, whether it is now or it's in the future. So to anyone who's looking to invest in NFTs, I would say that it's something where they have to assess if this is something that they see as valuable in and of its own right for themselves. If they're strictly looking for something that they believe will 10x in you know, the next five years, that's going to be almost impossible to tell because we are dealing with digital creative material and frankly, it's simply just unpredictable at the moment. Beyond using it as an investment behavior, the rise of gaming has been a very, very interesting field with particular regards to the Philippines because of the rise of Axie Infinity, uh, which is one of the most prominent pay-to-earn games where we're actually seeing, and what's fascinating is that people are using it to generate income so NFTs go beyond an investment opportunity to a revenue generating one instead. And it's about engaging with blockchain gaming to create very real value that has the capacity to impact people in their physical life. That goes way beyond you know, traditional investments in buying and holding assets. It goes with direct interaction with the technology itself. How do you see the future and the permanence of NFTs in the coming, let's say, 10, 15 years? in the Asia-Pacific or in the Philippines? I do see that there's an increased optimism and general growing interest among the population about the adoption of blockchain innovation in APAC. And I think NFTs are a natural component of that. So with the growth of digital currencies and blockchain networks, there's going to be further demand for NFTs within the region, either as an investment class, either as a way to earn revenue or 
as a tool for conducting business. And it's going to generate even more attraction for creators to use it as an additional distribution channel for their work. So when it comes to regions like the Philippines, we're looking at things like funds that are helping artists to mint their first works and getting them involved in the space and like their first introduction to it. And assuming that that takes off, which I believe that it will, that will just continue to build its momentum. We're also seeing the increase in art galleries that are opening specifically to showcase crypto art. So I think NFTs are generally going to create, or they're going to play an increasingly important role in visual culture and art history, which is already moving at pace. And I think it's only going to get faster. So the digital phenomenon's shaken up the art and entertainment industry. And I think that's just going to rise as blockchain continues to make it into the mainstream. And that concludes another episode of B-Side. Once again, you heard Marissa True, marketing manager of TZ APAC, a Singapore-based blockchain consultancy firm, speaking with Business World reporter Michelle Ann P. Suleiman about the demand for NFTs or non-fungible tokens. These digital assets have garnered the attention of the Banco Central ng Pilipinas and the Securities and Exchange Commission, with the SEC launching the PhilFintech Innovation Office this July. As of this recording, the central bank has not issued any guidance on NFT games, but the bank and other regulatory bodies know that they exist. What will the future look like? If you bet on the side of NFTs, you're going to see the bridging of virtual and physical worlds. Welcome to the metaverse, which Facebook founder Mark Zuckerberg called the next generation of the internet. Are you ready, player one? This episode was recorded remotely on July 14. This is Samuel Marcelo. Thanks for listening.